0: Hello guys and thank you for listening to this episode. Today I have a friend of mine who is actually tuning in with us all the way from Canada. Uh, <laughs> this is Susie. Um, I met her many years ago but I will um, I'll share that story with you all shortly. But hey Susie, how you going?
1: Hey Cassandra, I'm doing awesome. Thanks for having me. How are you?
0: Uh, not too bad. It's a bit rainy here today, but we need it here in old Queensland. A bit of water <laughs> will do us good.
1: <laughs> awesome.
0: <laughs> um, Tell the listeners just a little bit about who you are, where you're from, uh, and then we'll get into the juicy stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I'm Susie Holland, um, and I am here in Vernon, British Columbia, Canada, which is... Um, I like to say the Florida of Canada. We are (laughs) super hot in the summer and it is definitely, I think, uh, the best place in Canada to live, but I'm also biased. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I'm married for the second time, which you'll get to hear. We'll talk about that in a bit. But and I have two kids, one uh, daughter who is almost 23. Oh, my goodness.
0: Oh, my God, man. (laughs)
1: And that my makes son, me
0: feel old oh my
1: gosh <laughs> I'm like oh boy let's not I mean I'm still only 30 so I, that's weird but <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> and my son just turned 11 so um yeah definitely have my hands full
0: <laughs> yeah for sure um So, Susie and I actually met, like, this is crazy, she's from Canada, I'm from Australia. We met in (laughs) Texas. (laughs) (laughs) Makes total sense.
1: (laughs) I know, right? I know, right?
0: So, we met in Texas in...
1: I want to say 2016.
0: No, 2015. That's right. 2015. 2015. Yeah. Wow. So, I just got... Yeah, now I'm like, now that I'm thinking about all of these timelines, I'm like, what day is it? Um, yeah, no, it was 2015 because I just got married. Yeah.
1: Yes, that's right. Yeah,
0: I just got married. And we met in the bar at um, a hotel in Texas um, at <laughs> a conference that yes. we were at for a company that we were both in. Um, were we drinking margaritas or mojitos? I think it was margaritas?
1: Probably, probably, yeah. yeah. I think it was margarita.
0: I think it was like happy hour margarita. I think everyone was drinking margaritas. Like,
1: it was just the go-to. Exactly, Um, And they were probably big because everything's bigger in Texas. Yeah, Yeah,
0: I don't really remember a lot, but I remember the hangovers. (laughs) Um, And so we just met in the lobby and just sort of got, chatting and you know you meet people you add them on Facebook and and it kind of goes from there so we were only in Texas for I think it was like three or four days for this conference and it was a super quick trip for me and um yeah then you just you know like anything you make friends and you stay connected on Facebook and then um later that year so in 2015 um some of you may know my story and may have followed along with it or may have listened to another episode that had, has this story and part of my journey in it. But, um, so we met in, I think it was like March of 2015 yeah. and then in November of 2015, my husband, Glenn, um, passed away. Mm-hmm. And so, with this community and this company we we're in, like, let's just, it was a network marketing company. People will just put it out there, you know, oh my God, oh my God, network marketing, no! Right. <laughs> um, and so this network marketing company that we were a part of was just phenomenal. And so because I had been to these conferences and met people like Susie and all of the other people that I've met, um... The community just came together like so phenomenally for me. Like I will never be able to really respond and thank people enough. But one of the things that's just always sat with me like so powerfully and it's just another reason why I believe in the universe and its power and soul connection and all of this kind of stuff was when Susie had found out that my husband, Glenn, had passed, she then reached out and she shared her story with me. And she had informed me that she had also lost um, her first husband. Um, and so for the both of us, it was just that one of those things that's like, this is why we met in that lobby. Mm-hmm earlier that year because there was hundreds of people that are at that event like we could have crossed paths and not actually connected the way that we did um but there was so much more power behind how we met why we met and it was then so that we could then I guess for you to be there for me (laughs) you know in many ways so Let's just sort of catch the listeners up a little bit, I guess, on on, on your your story.
1: Yeah. So um, I was married in. Oh man, this is now. I'm really starting to feel old. First, my daughter's 23 <laughs> and after half. Think that's when I was married. Um, so I married my first husband in July of 1997. So, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So I was 26 at the time. He was 27. Yeah. Um, we were we had been living here in Vernon for a few years and yeah, we had, I think we'd been together probably, I don't know, three years before we got married two years. I can't really remember it. So really far back, but um, <laughs> yeah, so we were together in total for about eight years, but yeah, we were married in July 2000, uh, sorry, 1997. And uh, we, you know, we were, we weren't a perfect couple. We had a lot of, um, issues and struggles and challenges that we went through. But, um, you know, we had a daughter together and she went in 1998. So a year and a bit after we got married Mm -hmm. and, you know, life was fine. It was hard, you know, um, at 28 years old, I have a baby. Um, Renee was working shift work. So it was, you know, it was a struggle. Taylor had her days and nights mixed up. So she would sleep all day, be up all night. Um, She was born in November. So it gets dark at like four o'clock in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. So it was like, it seemed like the only time I was ever awake was when it was dark out. And so it was (laughs) definitely, it it was tough. And Renee worked shift work. So, you know, three weeks he would work, you know, like a seven in the morning till three 30. Then he would work three 30 to midnight. And then he would work the night shift where he's um, working all night and then has to sleep all day. So mm-hmm. adding on to that. Now I have to try to keep a baby quiet during the day when he's on that shift because he's sleeping. And yeah, so yeah, it was just it was really stressful time. Um, but We just hit our five-year wedding anniversary, and he had been sick the previous um, January. He had had a uh, heart bacteria. It was called endocarditis.
0: Wow. And
1: it's something that you can get. um, You're susceptible of if you have a heart defect, like a heart murmur or, you know, Mm -hmm. heart valve, leaky heart valves, things like that. I'm I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to go into it, but... (laughs) Um, But you can also have it from IV drug use. So it was really interesting when he had it. Um, Obviously, that's not how he got it It was through IV drug use. It was heart murmur. But um, they were really questioning about the, you know, assuming that he did drugs, because I don't know if we were young or what it was. But I mean, we were clean cut looking people. So I don't know. (laughs) I don't know where, you know, but anyways, um, yeah. It was from his heart murmur. And um, so he was on heavy duty um, antibiotics for six weeks and um, all was fine. They never told us this uh, bacteria could come back. They did talk about how um, he would eventually have to have a heart valve replacement, mm-hmm. but that he was young. I mean, at this time he was 32 Yeah, and he was young. Um, they didn't want to have to do that so soon um he had lots of time but that definitely that was going to be and that was like an open heart surgery um thing so that stressed Mm -hmm. him out a bit but yeah they said you know you we can wait we have time so we never knew it could come back never knew like really how serious it was now I'm really gonna date myself this was literally when the internet first started (laughs) (laughs) So it wasn't like you could just go onto Google and figure out what is endocarditis? What is the symptoms? You know, what should I look for? Would it come back? All of those things. So, I mean, I feel like if we had Google then I think he might still be alive Uh um, because I could have answered some of my own questions. So anyways, um, that was fine. He was all good. And um, we went, had our anniversary in July our five year anniversary and um, he had had, probably mid-August, he started having flu symptoms. He uh-huh. wasn't feeling very well. Um, and that is how endocarditis uh, appears sometimes, as right. flu-like symptoms. So we never really thought about it because we thought, you know, he'd taken the six weeks of antibiotics. It's not going to come back. Um, it was never a thought. It was just, okay, he probably has the flu. Um uh-huh. And one day, he, I was literally having a conversation with him in the driveway. He had been painting the house, and uh, he just like we were. He was in mid sentence, and all of a sudden, he was still.
0: Oh, I've lost you. Are you there? Hello. Yeah, I just cut out. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> um so you were saying um he was like mid
1: sentence and then... yeah, so he was in mid sentence and like words were coming out of his mouth but they weren't actually words. And um we had been joking about stuff so I thought he was being silly and so I was kind of laughing but kind of like, you know, that sort of like taken out of context what are you doing? And yeah. it probably lasted about 30 seconds. He looked at me and he said, "I think you need to call the ambulance." wow and I was like what like what's going on and he's like I think I may be having a heart attack I'm not really sure but for a him and I feel like most males like to just be like call an ambulance it's got to be something going on yeah 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 it's like okay all right
0: <laughs> okay it's, they're not just
1: sucking it up like <laughs> exactly rare. so I'm like oh my gosh like this is this is not good so I called the ambulance they came I told him told them that he had endocarditis, uh, like the paramedics Mm they are like, okay, making a note of it, all of that, got him to the hospital, they did a bunch of tests on him. um, And basically, they said he'd had a stroke, and that they had assumed a blood clot had gone to his brain, which caused a stroke, which is normally why you would have a stroke. Yeah. Um, So they treated him with blood thinners, he was at the hospital for about three days, and he had to give it like, so they taught him how to give himself blood thinners because it had to be um, injections. Mm -hmm. And so they taught him how to do it and sent him home. And um, they were basically like, you're just going to have to do this probably for the rest of your life, but everything's going to be fine. Um, Mm -hmm. No one said anything about endocarditis. Um, We did talk to the cardiologist again, and he had said that mentioned about the heart valve replacement again, but we didn't put two and two together and he never added that up for us. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so he was at home for 10 days, giving himself blood thinners. He was definitely stressed out um, because the thought of now, you know, he's had a stroke, he's 32. He's going to have to have open heart surgery. And uh, so he was really, you know, probably about seven or eight days in, he was really moody. Like his his moods would change very, very quickly and without reason. Like Uh something that was funny 10 minutes ago, if you laughed at it again in 10 minutes, he would actually get angry. And so I just chalked it up to stress. And at day 10, he went outside to cut the lawn and had another stroke. Wow. Yes. But this time it was worse. Um, The first one was a mini stroke, lasted maybe 30, 60 seconds. This one, definitely the whole left side of his body um, was not moving you know his Mm -hmm. his uh face was on the one side was limp um and he basically and i was still in bed he had got up early he had dragged himself back into the house our daughter was sitting on the couch watching tv Uh three and a half years old and he just said it's happening again call the ambulance and uh yeah it was so scary they we took him again to the hospital told them again he had endocarditis he had had it before and no one ever said anything we got him to the hospital and the hospital said that they were going to send him to either Vancouver or Kelowna um, Mm -hmm. which are different cities from where we are because um, there was no uh, neurosurgeon in in our hospital yeah so yeah they took him there Um, I went back to my grandma's which was where Taylor was um, and then I whipped over, like whipped to Kelowna, spent the day with him, talked to the neurosurgeon and they were explaining to me that, um, you know, what these, all these IVs were in him and one was, um, antibiotics. And I said, Oh, antibiotics for what? And he said, Oh, for endocarditis. <laughs> and I was like, huh, well that's weird. Cause he didn't have that when we're like, they never tested for that 10 days ago. And he said, yeah, he's definitely had it for a while. And, mm. um, so he had, they had to now get the blood thinners out of him because, wow. yeah, because um, it has, I don't know if it's the opposite reaction, but they had to give him plasma to get the blood thinners out because they did a CT scan on him and found two aneurysms in his brain that hadn't been there 10 days before.
0: Oh my gosh. Wow.
1: Yeah. So that's why I say I wish there had been Google around because it's a simple Google search now that it says... Uh, someone with endocarditis should not be given blood thinners because it causes aneurysms.
0: Oh, God, mm-hmm. that's so crazy. Yeah.
1: So um, the doctor had said to me, he said, you know what, if you're going to have an aneurysm, this is the kind you would want to have. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, don't worry, it's we can have surgery. So now he has to have brain surgery. Um, and physio to, you know, get the left side of his body working again, but he's going to be fine. But little did we know that the first stroke 10 days before had not been a blood clot. It was the piece on his heart valve that had initially been, had the bacteria.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it had broken off, went into his brain. And basically in those 10 days had been eating away at his blood vessels in his brain. <gasps> holy (laughs) shit hence the reason why his moods were really changing um he was definitely not himself and so his
0: brain was basically deteriorating
1: absolutely in those 10 days like right before our eyes not even knowing that's what was going on and uh yeah he that so the doctor had reassured me that everything was going to be fine it was going to be a long road obviously but he was young he was strong it was going to be okay he told me to go home that night be with our daughter and just come back the next day which was a Sunday it was a September long weekend here in Canada Uh and uh, so I did that because that's what the doctor said I stayed till probably 11 o'clock at night came home went and saw Taylor in the morning at my Nana's spent the morning with her she made him a card I stopped in at Costco on the way to get him some magazines and snacks and stuff and I'll just never forget I walked in to his room in ICU he had his back to me he said to the nurse do you know when my wife's coming she said yep yeah, she's right here she left the room I walked in and he had a seizure oh my god Yep, yeah. and they you know I it was it's nothing like the tv shows and the movies with all the scrambling around like when there's a you know a a code like that yeah and everybody was walking like normal pace and I'm like why is not everybody running and like you know doing all the things they do on Grey's Anatomy and, <laughs> you know back then it wasn't Grey's Anatomy it was ER but anyways yeah 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 yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> but, you know I was like why is no one moving so quickly and I just remember you know they took him away um and the doctor came back in half an hour later and said he's brain dead and that was that like I just remember I you know I think back to that day and I don't know about you you know when you found out Glenn had passed but I remember every single thing I was wearing I remember where I was standing like what I said like it was like it's a memory that's like you know forever in my brain I'll never Mm -hmm. forget that moment and it was you know it's 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 an awful feeling to you know and I don't need to tell you this the, you think you're going to be when you're you know when you're 31 or however or young mm. you think when you're married to somebody like you're you're going to grow old together
0: <laughs> yeah and I think it's as well like it's one of those things like that you sort of like you hear about it happening and you hear about it but you just never feel or think that it's going to be your reality like
1: yeah, never you know,
0: and you but I guess as well you don't hear about things like this you hear about you know young people dying in car accidents or like, you know, at work or at war or in accidents, like, whereas like, same thing for Glenn, like he just went to sleep and didn't wake up. Like we have no medical really reasoning as to how or why he passed. So that's why I dived so much into my spirituality. So I guess like for you, you've got the medical reasons, but then you've got so many what ifs as well. Whereas like, I think for me, I'm like, there there was no option of a what if, like, so, but like you said as well, yeah, I literally, I remember because Glenn was in Thailand with his mates recording at a um, music studio. And I remember when his mate called me and rang, I'm like, Ravi, stop fucking joking. I'm like, this isn't funny. I'm like, just put him on the phone. Like, this isn't a joke. Like, stop mucking around. Like, just put him on the phone. Like, that's all I remember saying. Uh, so it is. It's just one of those things that yeah, you just never expect is going to happen to you. But that's the reality is, is it does happen. Yeah. Like, and then that's when things like us, like when friendships are formed and the reasons that we people cross paths with people. And I think that was for us. Like we crossed paths earlier that year. Me not knowing your story, or I just knew Brent. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. was just yeah. That was that was your man. Like I didn't know that you had this sort of this backstory that then you could share and comfort in some ways and support me. So it was just mind blowing how that friendship was formed.
1: Um, I know. And I think about that day, like often, and it's so weird how it happened because we had met after the conference was over. mm -hmm. Like, I don't even know if I'd even seen you that entire weekend. And, you know, then you were hard to miss I think you had pink hair like, yeah. you, know, like <laughs> you know you're not quiet and so I always think back and it's like I don't ever remember seeing her until that very moment that you walked up to me at in the lounge at the you know the lounge bar at this hotel and we just yes. like totally connected um we had like it was like we were had synchronicity but didn't even know why and and it was just random, and and but when I had found out about Glenn's passing, I was like, that makes total sense. Like uh-huh. it, it wasn't yeah. random. And I always say that there are no accidents. People yeah. are put in our paths for a reason. A hundred percent. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> and then you know later, I the, and then it was like later that year. No, then we crossed paths again in Vegas. That's right.
1: Yeah, because you were pregnant.
0: I was pregnant. Yeah, and I fell ass up at the pool in front of you yes <laughs> i wasn't even drunk damn it and i just <laughs> slipped flat on my ass yeah we we sort of just crossed paths again at that event like there was again hundreds like oh thousands probably thousands really yeah and there was like we sort of had crossed paths again and it was like a hey 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 and unfortunately we couldn't share my, you know margaritas that time but no. you know but then it was and because that was october and then it was november that he mm. passed like so crazy souls connected powerful universe I think that's a whole other podcast Um, (laughs) but what I really wanted to um chat to you and to share with our listeners today is like the whole sort of feeling of dating after death because like I said when I met you you like it was Brent like I just that's all you know was your dude and I didn't know that you'd sort of had had this story so for me like it's been six years now since Glenn passed and that's kind of where I'm at like how do I date where do I go and um excuse me <clears throat> I actually was seeing a guy earlier this year for like it lasted like two weeks and then I just sort of said, no, thanks, see you, mate, bye. And then he started attacking me and attacked my husband and was like, you know, you're not over your husband, you, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm never going to be over my husband. Like, yeah. I'm never going to be over his death. Like, you don't get over that shit. Yeah. Um, and, like, so for me, I'm like, it really sort of had been a struggle for me to think about dating because I'm like I didn't break up with Glenn like I didn't choose not to be with him you know Mm -hmm. like and I was so in love with him that it's you know I do feel that he's still well and he definitely is still part of my life but like it was one of those things that I was like well you know how do I how do I get that separation to then allow the space for somebody else to come in
1: yeah like it almost feels like you're cheating yes (laughs) yeah because there's no there's no divorce there's no separation there's no breakup it's just like we were in love and now he's gone (laughs) yeah yeah and yeah and so if if when you know I did start it definitely felt like I was being unfaithful Mm
0: -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah
1: and it's just weird because um I feel like um nobody should ever if you haven't, what's that saying? If you haven't walked a mile in my shoes, like, yes. um, yeah, there's always going to be people that are judging your decisions. And unless you have had a spouse pass away, I don't think you have that right to say anything to a widow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> because you just don't know. And I remember, you know, and everybody grieves differently. Like, you know, mm. some people are sad and depressed. I mean, obviously you're always your your first uh, um emotion is sadness and mm-hmm. loss and grief. But like the decisions and the actions that you take um are different for each person. Like, you know, I started drinking a lot mm-hmm. and to numb the pain. And um, you know, I always I didn't make like unsafe choices. Like my daughter always was either with a babysitter or my grandma. It wasn't like, you know, I was drinking around her or anything, but I definitely started drinking a lot and making bad decisions, mm-hmm. um, dating the wrong kinds of guys. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. And I remember family members and friends, you know, being concerned and saying like, you know, this isn't really the guy for you. And I was like, I know that. <laughs> and <laughs> um, I'm not, you know, at, at one point it was like, I'm not dating someone because I, I see them as my future. I'm dating someone to fill that loss. Yeah. And he's definitely, you know, he, maybe he's not the right, he's not the right person for me. You know, one guy I found out was, you know, doing cocaine in my bathroom and was like, okay, you're definitely not the right guy for me, but yeah. (laughs) um, Yeah. But you know, like you definitely don't make the best, like for me anyways, I definitely didn't make the best decisions during my grief process. But it was the decisions that I had to make in that moment, if that mm. makes sense, because yeah. I was just looking to fill that void. Um, mm-hmm. I wasn't looking to replace him. I just and this didn't happen right away. Like it was probably like, seven or eight months after he passed away. But um, yeah, it's definitely weird to explain. It's not like a breakup where, you know, you still might run into each other. It's you've lo- you lose your identity, I feel like, like, you're married Mm. and now you're not like (laughs) and I think as
0: well being a mom like for me like I probably would have ended up down the same route of like and mine wouldn't have just been drinking it would have been (laughs) drugs and drinking and lots of other things but I was (laughs) pregnant so you know there are like so many times even though my child shits me to tears I'm like (laughs) I am who I am and I am still here because of my son Yeah, like and then and but then we sort of come into this realm of then dating and I think dating in itself is fucking hard to begin with but dating when you're a mother like that's hard in itself as well like you can't just decide to be like oh I'm just gonna go you know to the bar tonight or I'm just gonna go (laughs) and meet people and um do all that kind of stuff like there's so many other contributing
1: factors um in that process
0: um, yeah and
1: it's weird too because you have other people that are you know sort of involved in your life like you have in-laws and yes now yeah. you're like sensitive to what they're going to think and so you're not just worrying about your own self you're worrying about you know your kid and uh, your in-laws what are they gonna think and like the friends that you had as couples and so it's like such a heavy burden to carry when really it shouldn't matter to anybody but you and the health and well-being of your child but it's it's so it's it's really heavy like it's 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 a super heavy thing and it's hard and there's there's no answer where you can say when is the right time to start dating again Mm -hmm. I feel like your heart will just know
0: yeah exactly and that's like for me like it started this year and um I did I started seeing a guy I started you know had a couple of like a bit of fun couple of hookups and some reconnections with some old friends and I'm like this is awesome but then that only lasted like pretty much for the month of January I was like woo yeah (laughs) this is great and then all of a sudden grief hit me like five years later like I actually have finally in my own terms in my own way really probably grieved um and fully sat in a lot of the shit that comes with grief um but then as well as it's sort of that knowing and that wanting i'm like okay well I'm, i don't want to do this alone anymore i want to have you know someone with me i want to have this but then it's a contributing factor of like okay well this person also has to understand that I still celebrate Glenn's birthday every year. I do a family holiday with Glenn's family every year. Um, Glenn's family is actually a major part of my family because they're like best friends with my parents. So it's like (laughs) they're actually going to have to be able to accept hanging out with Glenn's Parents and yeah. family just as much as like my family, so it's like I feel. And then for me, I'm like, "Fuck!" Then I'm gonna have their family. I'm like, I'm gonna have like three families that <laughs> you know, I we're all gonna be a part of. And there's so there is so many contributing factors, but I guess you know, like it's doable. Like when when and how did you and uh, Brent get together? Yeah.
1: Um, you know, it's funny, first, when you talked about the in-laws, when Renee first passed away, I went and his mom invited Taylor and I to go stay with her in Calgary for a month mm-hmm. um, and just, like, get away, get out of the house, like, that we lived in together, just be, and she said, I'll look after Taylor, go do whatever you want as for as long as you need. Calgary um, must
0: be the place to go, because that's where <laughs> I came to.
1: <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, Calgary's like- not as... Yeah, as far, not as far away from me as it is from you. <laughs> but that is dedication. Yes. Yeah, Madrid. I know, right? <laughs> Let's just
0: fly across the country with a six-month-old. No, across the world. Sorry, with a with a six-month-old baby, and just go hang out with everyone in Canada. <laughs> like, yeah, I know, right? But it, hey, it
1: was it was all worth it. It but was yeah. amazing. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. So you went. No, to that's yeah. funny. I forgot about that. And then you came here and stayed with us for a bit. And then I stayed
0: with you guys. Oh, that's true. (laughs) Yeah.
1: But I remember Uh, Brent, Renee's mom saying to me, we, I vividly remember it sitting, you know, in her backyard and we were having dinner. And she said, I just want you to know that when you find somebody else, and I went to say like, I'm not going to, mm -hmm. you know, and she said, no, you're going to, you're only 31 years old. You're not going to spend the rest of your life alone. And I just want you to know that you have my blessing. Mm-hmm. And um, that was huge. You know, yeah. as a mom to a son, like, is that something that I could say? I don't know. Like, yeah, that had to have been very hard for her and and raw. It had only been two weeks, probably mm-hmm.
0: since he passed
1: away. So um, I always held on to that in the back mm-hmm. of my head because she would have been the one person that would have held me back from dating anybody. Uh Um, like someone that I would want to actually have her meet because I respected her so much and, um, and still do. She just passed in July, which was,
0: it was Mm. hard. It was
1: like the last bit of Renee kind of thing. Uh Yeah. And, uh, so, you know, when I, it was funny because we talk about our spirituality and stuff and the, how we kind of got more into our spiritual side when we lost our husbands and, um, it was July 19th of 2003, which would have been almost a year Renee had been gone. That was our would have been our sixth wedding anniversary. Uh-huh. And I, I'm going to rewind for one second. Probably about six weeks before Renee died, we didn't know he was sick again. Um, we were out on the boat in the lake, just floating around, having a drink and chatting. That's when we always did our best talking because he wasn't really a talker. And he ran and he wasn't mushy. And he randomly said to me if anything ever happened to me, I want you to find somebody else because I don't want you and Taylor to be alone.
0: Yeah. Wow.
1: And I was like, mm. that's weird. Like, why would you even say that? Like, yeah. you know, cause it, we didn't even know he was sick. Yeah. Yeah. And so fast forward, it's now would have been our six year wedding anniversary. My girlfriends were like, we're going out for dinner. We're going out dancing. You're not staying home.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I met Brent on July 19th wow which was our wedding anniversary but it was like a friend like I think it was just an acquaintance introduced us hey this is my friend Brent this is my friend Susie like they were just kind of all together Mm
0: -hmm. and uh
1: it was like it wasn't anything like it was just okay It just you know it was there was a bunch of us and so yeah and he was the only one and I was the only one he didn't know we didn't know each other and so um, we randomly bumped into each other a few times after that at the bar again. Um, and remember MSN Messenger? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. He was like, Do you have, M- Do you have M- M- MSN? And I was like, Yeah. And he's like, Add me. And uh, like, so, so funny. I feel so old all of a sudden. <laughs> like, no Google, fucking- no M- Oh my God. I love it. I love it. <laughs> <But> no Facebook. <laughs> But, um, so that's how we talked. Like he worked, he ran a restaurant here in Vernon. So he worked long hours. And so when he would come home, he would hop on MSN messenger and we would talk for hours. Yeah. And there was no, like, at the beginning, there was no, like, 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 like feelings of like wanting to date him. It was just like, I'm enjoying his conversation. I'm enjoying like knowing that like at seven o'clock. Um, he's gonna pop on MSN and I'm gonna have that person to talk to and so we really actually got to know each other really well and he had a girlfriend so I always say like he was that safe person for me because I knew that it wouldn't go any farther as friendship because he had a girlfriend Uh like he lived with her Um, he was four years younger than me everyone he dated was way younger than him Um, so of course I'm older I have a like a four-year-old almost five-year-old um he just felt safe like he felt like there would be no expectations we were friends we hung out we went to hockey games we went out for lunch and had great conversations and you know his girlfriend be like have fun and I remember saying like does she like you because there's no way in hell I would let my boyfriend (laughs) go out for dinner with another girl and wish them a fun time Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Even though I know there's nothing going on, like, you know, like so we just spent a lot of time together and it was became comfortable and we were best friends. We became best friends and we knew everything about each other. We had a lot of the same childhood stuff growing up, like we really just connected. And I remember like we played beach volleyball on the same team and people would be like, Oh, how long have you guys been together? And we're like, Oh no, like we're just friends. Like Like no, yeah, and yeah. So it was, it was. I I don't know if it's like um a common way to start dating, but I I liked it because we just knew it. We were so comfortable. Like by the yeah. time we realized, like shit, I think I like you. Um, it was already so comfortable, mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. and so it was
1: kind of like the natural next step to go. Like his girlfriend and him broke up um he needed to find a place because he had to move out my girlfriend had been renting out my basement she was moving like it just was so weird how it happened like yeah she was like oh I'm gonna move back home up to up north and so I'm like okay and then Brent's like oh yeah so and so we broke up so now I'm looking for a place to live and I'm like well you could rent out my basement <laughs> and <laughs> yeah it was it just yeah he didn't stay down there right long. <laughs> <laughs> let's just do that no
0: I love it and like you said like it's just all about timing and alignment and things presenting themselves and all that and so like for me I've tried the dating apps and I like I can't handle the dating apps I'm like they're actually mentally exhausting I feel like so judgmental while I'm on them and I feel like I don't like that people are judging me and so dating apps but I just have this knowing that that is not where I'm going to meet the you know the next person in my life and only just recently um I have had this experience where I'm like because I kept like Glenn was my fucking soulmate like I do not care like and with past life regressions and work that I've done Glenn and I have had several lives together um and so for me like I kept going on like well, I've already had my soulmate. I'm never going to find another one. And then I've just kind of come to the acceptance and the realisation that, like, you don't have one soulmate. Like, you know, you have more than, like, there is more than one out there. There is more than one person for each person. Um, Like, because otherwise, we're, like, we'll, we'll always just have one person and then be alone because people do pass and outgrow and change and all that kind of stuff so yeah I once I sort of got my head around going to the fact that like oh there actually is another soulmate out there for me there is another person that will will work and gel and fit and love me for who I am now because the thing is the person that I was when I was with Glenn is not the person that Mm -hmm. I am now yeah so for me it was just like well what do I do and for me I'm just now putting my trust in the universe and timing um and so and just yeah allowing that process and he will appear when he is meant to appear um and trying not to force it and things like that it's definitely lonely at times like like let's be fucking real like Mm -hmm. there's times that you want to be single for sure but like you don't always want to be fucking single and (laughs) for me like i want to have another child franklin keeps asking for a sister and I keep mm-hmm. having to explain to him that, you know, that's not really how it works, which is mm-hmm. then really hard because my sister and her wife just had a baby. So I'm yeah. like, I can't explain to him that you have to have a man to have a baby because you technically mm-hmm. don't. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I just don't have, like, you know, the $50,000 that I need for, like, IVF
1: or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Surrogate. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. I don't even think we can do that in Australia. I think there's, like, really crazy rules around surrogacy. But anyways, oh. that's another that's another podcast probably. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> look at all the um, topics you're coming up with. I know, right? I know,
0: right? <laughs> um, But, yeah, like, it is. It's one of those things that, for me, I, I do I do often think and look at you and, and your family and stuff, and I'm like, okay, it's possible. Like, and that keeps other people I know that have um, yeah. been widowed and have remarried and things like that. So I know I'm not going to be alone forever just because – Glenn Pass, but it is just such an interesting experience. And I know you guys celebrate Renee still to this yeah. day. Yeah. And I think that's such an awesome thing for Brent to have come in and is a part of that. But I guess because of how you just explained it, because you guys had such a strong friendship, Brent kind of was already a part of that process and already knew that that was the things that you sort of did. And you know, that re- I guess really got to understand how big a part Renee was in your life um, through friendship before it became dating.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, he, to this day, he's still, cause we, his birthday is February 14th. So um, Valentine's, he knows that Valentine's Day is probably my least favorite. Uh, yeah,
0: uh, it's like, I mean, not... so flowers
1: every other day. Yeah, and and it's like because that was Renee's birthday, and Renee would always joke like, "Why do I have to buy you a gift on my birthday? Like that's not fair." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Fair <laughs> Which enough. is you know that's that's uh, relevant. <laughs> yeah. I agree. That would suck. It's like having your birthday on Christmas. Yes. Um, yeah. But we celebrate his birthday for sure every single year we just go and um we'll get some helium balloons and we'll go somewhere um usually by the lake because that's where his ashes are and um taylor releases the balloons up into the and and i do up into the sky Um, Mm -hmm. sometimes she's put notes on the balloons or note like written on them or put notes inside the balloons, but we have always done it every year. Mm -hmm. And it got to be that Brent was the one that, okay, I'll go grab the balloons
0: and uh,
1: meet you at, you know, XYZ place. And so, um, yeah, it's always just been a thing and he's never once questioned it. And, you know, that was something that his, Renee's mom was just like, I think when she was meeting Brad for the first time, she really didn't want to like him. And yeah, yeah, um, you know,
0: <laughs> why can't he be an asshole?
1: Because, yeah, I mean, that's got to be hard because, yeah, again, we sure. didn't break up, he passed away. And so um, I remember her coming to visit and she was just like, oh so great and it was like you know and and we'd go to visit her and we would stay in the same room that Renee and I would stay in and it was just so weird and and I'd be like don't even touch me like don't even yeah. we're not doing yeah. it here but yeah. um <laughs> it just doesn't feel right but <laughs> sorry if his family's listening but right. um honey but then, yeah, like... your family's listening to my podcast <laughs> <laughs> but it was just you know like it was it was it was pretty incredible and and she that's I know one of the she respected and loved that so much about uh, Brent that he was a part of it and encouraged it and to this day we still do something for his birthday and and it's usually what are we doing for Renee's birthday this year is yeah. is Brent so <laughs> yeah
0: I love that and I think that's the thing that's the reality of it like I said I had that experience where you know I said. I basically said to this guy, I don't want to date him. So his first port of call was to attack and, yeah. you know, and to attack and bring Glenn into it and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, well, you definitely were not my person then. So right. I think yes. for me, it's just having faith that, you know, that person will come along and will understand and will respect. And, you know, and I guess for you as well, like with Brent and Taylor, like, you know, that combination there like becoming um you know a a stepdad like it's it's that's a whole other experience in itself and that's another little soul like you know your child that you've got to think about and consider and I just think yeah having faith for me um in knowing that that person is out there and they are on their way um and it will just work out how it's meant to be yeah. Um and the wrong people, if they come, they will go. Like it's just how oh, it yeah. is. So yeah. I think that's yeah, I think that's really awesome. Like I have never fully heard that part of your story or how you guys connected that way, or even to be honest, I haven't even really heard the full stent of um how Renee had passed. So um I don't know, it just it just gives me a little bit of a little bit of extra faith that I will find love again.
1: (laughs) Well, and I mean, let's face it, like we've been almost two years now in a freaking pandemic. It's Mm. pretty hard to meet and have a human connection.
0: Oh, Um, yeah, yeah. So
1: I can not even imagine how that is right now. And I feel like, you know, can you put a timeline on when you're going to find your person? Well, I feel like, you know, like you said, the universe is going to give you signs when you're ready. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, you said like, you didn't grieve properly for a long time and yeah so when you're ready like it's going to present itself when you least expect it
0: yeah well and one thing and I will share and we'll probably end end it on this um Mm. I actually had a dream a couple weeks ago and because I've been having these conversations with friends and just going, you know, I'm concerned about getting into a relationship, you know, like it's hard. I never really broke up with him, all that kind of stuff that we've just spoken about. But yeah, I had a dream the other night and in that dream, I vividly saw Glenn. Usually when I dream about him, I don't see him as him. It's just, you know, a figure or, you know, a, yeah. a shadow which represents Glenn in the dream. But this time I clearly saw him. Like I could see his features, I could see his eyes, his hair color, everything like clear as day. And in this dream, we were at a bar and he broke up with me. (laughs) So I was like, right. Mm. Okay. So I'm like, okay, so is this, that, this, that connection? Like that, it's okay. Like Mm -hmm. it's time, like, you know, like I was just like, what that like i woke up like bawling my eyes out like i started crying in the dream cuz i just got dumped and yeah. i woke up like it was like 4:20 in the morning and i woke up and i was just like wow okay mm-hmm. so i really felt that that that, that was a big ass sign for me a big ass yeah. sign so now it's just the Come it's at like, boys. Okay, Cass, Like, come on now. It's I'm
1: breaking up with you. Like, it's okay. Go yeah, ahead. it's it's time to
0: sort of to have that final sort of let go and that, you know, it's yeah. time to start dating again. Yeah. However the fuck that looks.
1: I know. <laughs> I know (laughs) Uh,
0: now just quickly well I have you like I know you probably like you don't ship to Australia and things like that but I know um where are you at with your build your brave and you had a shop and you're kind of going you know in a new business venture with that where's that for you at the moment
1: it's actually going really well I started it in January of this year and was only shipping to Canada. Now I'm shipping to the States and Australia is the next one that I'm going to look into. Um and it's like it's going so much better than I expected in like my first year.
0: Yeah, for sure. That's really exciting. There are so many like you had there were so many like leopard print like <laughs> jumpers and jackets and stuff that you had. And I was like, oh my God, I want these. But I just see the seasons are like so off. Yeah, they're like,
1: backwards. We're totally
0: opposite. So I'm like, well, if she has any left when it finally comes to our winter, we'll see what happens. But, um, exactly. Yeah, I will um, I'll definitely in the podcast notes share some links with everyone um, and just so that we can just all keep connected because we are in a world of online and you never know how connecting with somebody can change your life.
1: Absolutely. And I don't know about you, but every time and it's sad that I say this, but every time I see someone when they lose their husband,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, I always am like, I it's like I go through it all over again. Yeah. And yeah. I need to like reach out and be like, hey, like, I know you're sitting in the shit right now.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I've been where you are because so many people don't know. Like, I mean, I had MSN freaking messenger, so nobody <laughs> knew. Like, unless you were directly knew me or knew somebody that knew me, you, nobody knew that I had lost my husband.
0: So, yeah. you know, like yeah. a year or
1: two years later, I'd run into someone and they'd be like, what? I had no idea. So uh-huh. like with social media, it's instant now. And so like, that would have been the one thing that I'd wish for is to have somebody like my age that knew what I was going through. I mean, my Nana knew what I was going through, but like to lose your husband at 80 something is still terrible, but you know, that's coming and mm-hmm. so to have that connection so I always reach out to, I, I feel like we need to do something around that cast because it's like every time I you know what happens I reach out and I'm like I know you're sitting in the shit right now and I know people don't know what to say to you but I know what you've been through and I know what mm-hmm. you're going to go through and I'm here for you
0: yeah well and that's why I started that um that Facebook group and um I was kind of hoping that there would have been a little bit more traction with it but I found like everyone was the same thing. Like no one really knew what to say and no one really wanted like was engaging with anything. So maybe we need to reignite that somehow. Maybe, maybe this podcast, we should have this podcast in that group and reignite it and go and, Yes. See how we can help because there are, and that, yeah, actually, like we're going like, way over time. But anyway, she gives a shit. It's my podcast. That's <laughs> all I want. Like, <laughs> um, but that was the thing. Yeah, like there is a lot of widow support groups around that I know of, like in my area. But they're all fucking old. Like no yeah. offense, no offense to the women, you know, which is yep. offensive. But anyway, um, they were they were older. I'm like I was, like, how old was that?
1: You were in your 20s, weren't you?
0: Yeah, I was like 28, 29. Yeah. 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 So like it was, yeah, like I was so young. Like I didn't want to go and hang out with someone in their 60s whose husband had just kind of died because he was old. Yeah. Which is still awful. It still sucks. Like it always (laughs) sucks when someone passes. Yeah. But that wasn't on the same page as me. Like it wasn't even fucking close. No, like it just it just didn't want, and so I never went and did anything like that. And I've got a couple of girlfriends as well, same thing. Like I've got a friend whose husband um took his life, and she was, and they were young, and same thing. She was just like, nah, it just it what it just didn't sit right for us. Yeah, and, and and,
1: and, and even it, now and... we're
0: still we're still freaking young, you know what I mean? Oh like, yeah, still young, sure. so. Um, it's just being able to have that conversation and that reality. And and it's different as well, like having a partner who's passed and you've got grown children compared to someone who's, my husband's just, you know, my husband or my partner's just passed and I have a newborn baby. Yeah, Like, yeah, it's, yeah, it it is, but it is really good to know. And, And that's why I guess, like we've said so many times, that I had the people that I needed at the time already in my life.
1: Absolutely. And people that haven't gone through it, like they can be your bestest friends, but they oftentimes don't know what to say. So they don't say anything at all because mm-hmm. they don't know what it's like. And I think that's with any kind of death. But, you know, like and eventually your life, go, everybody's life goes on and yours is completely different. And, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, so, you know, if there was friends that were couples, a lot of times you don't do stuff with them anymore because you went hung out with them because they Mm -hmm. were a couple, you know? And yeah. So it's weird. And so to have people that I mean it's shitty thing to have in common, but but to have people that know (laughs) exactly how you're feeling and what you're going through and that they can validate your Mm -hmm. emotions that you're feeling because sometimes you're sad, sometimes you're mad, sometimes like you know, I remember going to the doctor and be like, "I might need some sort of medication because my cat wouldn't stop meowing." So I tried to you... strangle it. <laughs> like, yeah, you know? like, and she's <laughs> like, "Yeah, we do not want you killing your cat." So yeah, l- like that cat this. serial killer stop. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, let's like I really so like that my cat. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> and uh, she's like, "At least it's not your child." <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So exactly. you know, just so that you know other women know like everything you're feeling is totally normal you're not crazy like you've Mm -hmm. basically lost like I I compared it to like losing a limb like Uh you you know it really
0: is it really yeah yeah it's huge but Yeah. yeah well there we've got that group let's let's make that blow up and more more conversations like this I know will help and benefit and um and connect everyone together so um thank you for sharing you. your story and being real and raw and honest always. Um, I appreciate you and I know the listeners will definitely appreciate this, um, this podcast. So thanks heaps all the way from Canada. Um, <laughs> I hope you have a good night. We're just going into our morning here. So um, we will catch up again soon. And I have a yes. feeling that I have several more things that we can chat about on podcasts
1: <laughs> i think so too we're gonna have our own series
0: <laughs> yeah literally this this is our whole you know series season of episodes with us
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's right
0: amazing Thank you for having us no worries babe <laughs> see you later
1: bye